Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Turin Giants, episode number 173. It's a huge day for Juventini around the world, and I'm looking forward to getting into all the latest news with my two beautifully handsome and powerful co-hosts who are especially happy today. We'll start off with Giovanni, last name anonymous. How is how is everything, Giovanni? What's up in Chicago? How do you feel today, my guy? Chicago's cold today, but my heart's warm because Allegri is back. And, it's, I'm all, and I also have a day off. So I'm very, very happy. You're, you're, feels great. <laughs> your, your first day off in a long time, it feels like. It's so appropriate that it happened today on the day that Max Allegri, that Mad Max, is finally back in at Juve. He's your boy. You've been, you've, been, you've been waiting for this day for a very long time. I know you have in particular. Hell yeah. I've been waiting for this day since they, since they Allegri outed him. So, you know, I, it's just imagine. Imagine if they had just... It's like, remember that old 90s movie with Gwyneth Paltrow sliding doors, right? Where like, it's like two separate ways your life could go, right? Imagine if they had listened to him and been like, you know what? You're right, Allegri. Let's, let's listen to you. Let's get rid of these few guys. Let's bring in some more talent. It will be expensive, but I th- we think in the long run, it'll be great. Props you to you, Giovanni, on that one because I'm a film studies major and I do not know that movie at all. I have no idea. I was, I was just, I just assumed that I was too young and I was not yeah, along. No, I literally, you just went reference to a movie I've never even heard of. What? I literally it's, got a degree it's in film. Famous. Just Google it. I'm not lying. What do we have to Google? You didn't give us a name. You just said that Gwyneth Paltrow movie from the nineties. Oh, sliding oh, doors. doors. Okay, that's great. Well, what a start to this podcast. Sliding, do- sliding doors. That kind of reminds me of uh, that Seinfeld episode where where uh, George. George says that his favorite book uh, by Art Vandelay is Venetian Blinds. Slide, <laughs> sliding doors, Venetian Blinds. Anyway, what, 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 we're, off to, we're off to a great start. I think it's clear we're all in a pretty good mood. And yeah, um, Allegri, Allegri out was trending a couple of years ago. And now Juve are definitely, are definitely kind of uh, using that to... to, to, yeah. to they're throwing that right back in everyone's face. And we'll, we'll get to the whole marketing and the tease this morning before the news was announced. Um, which I know Giovanni was a big fan of. Was, I loved it. I loved it because I, as soon as I saw that little thing, I was like, what's that map of? Like, is it Livorno? And then I'm like... I thought it was Tuscany at first. Yeah, know, they tweeted a map. Yeah, Tuscany is like a prosciutto. Okay, but excuse me. I mean, then I was like, let me look, let me do like a Google image. And I was like, Minnesota. I was like, Minnesota. The <laughs> This his, is how excited Giovanni is. Like, we haven't even gotten through our introductions. We haven't even said follow us on Twitter. On yeah. Well, we well look, any of everybody that knows. Giovanni's that. like, did you see that post that they shared? Oh my god! All right. So, so that's that's the voice of Matt Cocoluto with two C's. Coco in Boston uh, is also very happy. Obviously, um, as as you could tell, we're all in a very vibrant mood. So, Matt, you've already been introduced. You've already you've already said your first words. So, welcome back. Uh, Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Not as excited as Giovanni, clearly. But clearly not. No, we, we have a lot to get to. I feel like I feel like no. I've turned into a company man here. We got to stay. We got to stay the course. We got some business to get out of the way. To quote Farhad, who who couldn't be with us today, but who's very uh, excited as well. Um, you could follow us on all platforms. 
at Turin Giants. On Twitter, we are still found at the original handle at UV Podcast. So check us out there if you want to check out the uh, podcast-related content. But at Turin Giants uh, is also a great option on Instagram, where Farhad is very active in sharing shit on the daily. And Turin Giants on Twitter gets you, uh, gets you our page um, where you could check out our apparel, Farhad's apparel line. Uh, which we definitely encourage you to check out. He's got some new stickers out recently. We had a nice giveaway on the last podcast on 172, for which we were very uh, blessed to have welcomed Mina Rizuki and Giuseppe Bognani of Gijas Juve onto the pod. So uh, we love giving shit away to the people, but if you do want to buy any of uh, Farhad's apparel and support the vision, please feel free to. So I'm Sam Adamo. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram on all platforms at cultural podcast. Giovanni can be found on Twitter at Joe Turin giants and Matt can be found on Twitter at Matt Coco with two C's with three C's C O C C O. Um, so follow us all. Let's get into the fucking action. Um, well, let's, let, let's, 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 let's take a, Let's take a step back here for a second. Just, just look back at the year that we had. Obviously we had, the review pod the other day where by Farhad, myself, Mina and Giuseppe kind of look back on the year that was and uh, great feedback on that podcast, by the way, definitely do encourage you to check it out. Uh, we've got, uh, we go, we got a ton of beautiful messages from, from everyone. So we, we, we've been very overwhelmed with that. Farhad just wanted me to share that with everyone, but uh, yeah. So l- without getting too, too into the nuances of the past year, um, I think the way that things went for Andrea Pirlo guys, Definitely put us in a bit of a tough spot um, on a couple of levels. One, he didn't win the Scudetto. So right there and then, and, and, and the team at times didn't look convincing. So right there and then, there was a little bit of doubt cast over his ability to manage ship going forward. And of course, it was his first year managing a club at any level ever. But he also won a couple of trophies and we got into Champions League football on the last day. So we were left with a bit of a sweet taste in our mouths. Having said that, everyone seems to kind of be in agreement overall that it's right that Andrea Pirlo be asked to step aside for Mad Max. Allegri, where do you guys stand on this whole thing? Is there any way that you might have considered keeping Andrea Pirlo at all? Or is this the only thing that made sense to right the ship? Only if you can't couldn't get Allegri number one or Zidane number two, or at the very least throw caution to the wind, and go for Gasparini. If I were Agnelli and I owned Juventus, that would have been my, those option A, option B, option C, and status quo. Yeah, I think that when, that, like you said, it was kind of a a crap situation for Apirlo, but the, the idea of being able to replace him with Allegri is just too too much to pass up. He's a better coach. Like there are a lot of things Pirlo did that didn't help himself. But yeah, I hundred percent agree with what just with what Gio just said. Like if you can't get Allegri, if you can't get Zidane, and then I I, I said on the on the other pod that as much as Gasparini is a great coach, he's a very different style of coach. So that would have been a, that would have had its own interesting challenges. But yeah, other than that, I would have kept Pirlo. He did get us into the Champions League, and he did get us a, a trophy or two trophies. I don't the Super 
Cup is not always one that I. Can. Yeah, well, we're, everyone's casually kind of throwing that in, like you know, he we won two trophies, he won a double. That's a yeah, game. I mean, yeah, so yeah. you win one game and you get a trophy, like no, come on. Yeah, the Copa is exactly. no, the, the, the Copa is the big one. The, cha- the Champions League is something that that we can definitely look back on and say at least he got us that. It wasn't a complete capitulation. Um, I'm happy that we can look back at Andrea Pirlo's time at the club and say it wasn't a total. Uh, it wasn't a total. I mean, although it felt chaotic at times, the whole result wasn't chaotic. It wasn't, you know, it didn't send us into chaos. Uh, it, it allowed us to kind of keep the ship afloat. Um, and in that respect, I suppose he was he was a good custodian for a year. But now we got to get back on the unfuckwithable train, as as Farhad likes to say. And, and yes, exactly. And that's and where the difference lies. You know, we we let's let's give to Caesar what's of Caesar. He took McKenny, complete unknown. Complete unknown. Relatively, yeah. And 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 now Allegri has something to work with, right? You 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 would hope. Because then again, it's it's uh slim cows for everybody this this season. So there's no 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 money to spend. If you can have somebody that's like, okay, he was good this season, and like, holy shit, now he's great. All right, you know. I'm I'm very hopeful. Like I'm very hopeful that that Allegri tactically can find a way to have everybody express their their best self. Let's put it that way. And you know, um, even with Rabio, like I have that hope to see that. So yeah, man. Like that's that. It, you know, Pirlo was great in finding McKenny and. Like, like in breathing new life into Danilo. Jesus, man, that is, that's nuts. And you know that Allegri already trusts Quadrado a ton. And we've seen between, I have to say, between Sarri and Pirlo, the, the best Quadrado we've seen in Juventus and I think in his career. So there's solid basis to start from. But there's going to be a lot of tough decisions being made and a lot of sacrifices and a lot of familiar faces leaving the club because that's what Allegri wanted originally. So let's yeah. get ready. It's going to be I mean, I think the I'm, I'm actually very excited to see. It depends on who stays, but I think Rabiot and McKenny are the two that could really uh, excel under Allegri's tutelage. Uh, just thinking about the midfield his, he's worked with in the past and what he's done with some of them, I think you could see some real, real big changes to their game. And I think those two particularly have the abilities that Allegri could, could really move around and do things with. But I don't want to, I don't want to focus too much on this point because it feels like it's thrown out all the time as a point worth considering, but Andrea Pirlo, and again, we didn't know this when we were taking him in as a manager because he had no experience, I guess, but we probably could have inferred this based on what we knew about his personality. He's not like a lot of very hands-on managers, I think it's fair to say. he. I don't know how he managed things in private, but he seemed to be pretty hands-off in that if you compare him to a guy like Conte or Allegri, who was much more vocal on the touchline, he seemed to be a little bit more laissez-faire. And I wonder if that sort of style of coaching is as effective at drilling ideas into the heads of players. Max Allegri, you'll remember, once 
and this video was do, was making the rounds the other day, once, once threw a tantrum and ripped off his blazer in that beautiful video when we were up three to one at Carpi with 10 minutes to go. Th that's not something you would have expected of Andrea Pilo at any point in time. And it feels like Max coming back will probably allow some of the guys who may have struggled for form and consistency throughout the year under Pirlo, guys like Bentancur, guys like Rabiot, you'd, you'd think that Max will be able to instill a little bit more discipline into them and will, and will have them playing his way because he doesn't take shit. If they don't play his way, He'll yank them off. He'll, he'll, he'll. he'll Wait, something than that, right? I don't think it's like play his way, right? So here's the thing. This is what I love about Allegri, right? The reason why I really, really like him is as somebody that has played competitive sports, like not just for funsies, but like training and all that stuff, like through high school, college, and, you know, post-graduation. I've, I've had like the fortune of going through multiple types of coaches and so I just correlate that like I under like I look at coaches like would I want to be coached by them do I feel like they're a good coach and to me Allegri is the perfect coach for any type of player he may not get along with everybody but he'll make sure that everybody provides the most that they can provide and you know like, look at the Carpi example. They were up, and he could have not said anything. He's like, it's not going to matter. But he kept them in line because he wanted that discipline for them not to make those stupid mistakes. Another example is with Pogba. We'd be winning 4-0 against, I don't know, Parma or whoever, and he's just doing dribbling and, like, you know building up his brand, which I get it, right? He's a young player. He, he was good and he could do it. But Allegri hated that. He hated that. So imagine this year with Bentancur after the first mistake, the second dumb mistake, Bentancur is sitting, he's sitting down for about a month till he learns how to do simple passes. Artur, if Allegri tells him, hey, Artur, give a little bit more longer passes, please. And Arthur just gives two yard here, two yard there, two hard. Yeah. He sits down for a month until he learns how to give long passes. Otherwise, he doesn't set foot on the on the pitch again. And I I, I don't know. I wasn't at the practices with, with Pirlo, but over a year, you would expect some sort of evolution through some of these challenges, but they just stuck around. So I think you, you know, you talk about the the styles of Pirlo versus other managers who get more in you know animated or angry and it's not always like you don't you know just yelling on the sideline doesn't necessarily breed results right or else Napoli would be in the champion would be winning the Champions League right because Catuso just gets angry at everybody mm -hmm. so there's definitely negatives to that as well but when you look at the mistakes that Juve had this year and a lot of poor performances a lot of the time coming out of the half sleepy like the Porto game or just not being does not looking like they're into the game at all until they're down. Those are the types of games where you like, and if Allegri was in charge, I'm fairly confident they would not have gone the way that they did because he would have been screaming at people. You're sleeping on the pitch and he would have pulled them off it or he would not start them the next game. If they weren't doing what he was doing, what he was asking when it comes to just the mentality. And so I think for that specific reason, it's a major upgrade. 
just getting that mentality back of like, you're in this game, you need to play to win. It doesn't matter if you're playing Benevento or you're playing Atalanta, like every game must be a winner. That's exactly it. And it's not, it's not, again, I, I hate harping on that mentality point because everyone drives that home. It's become a platitude. I made fun of, I made fun of that as a, I made fun of that take on my pod a few weeks ago when we did the five aside of takes, like just like the stupidest takes that people have that sound good, but that mean little, that was one of them. But I really do think it means something in this case to have somebody on the touchline who's instilling a little bit of fear in you. Um, fear of consequences, man. I mean, fear of being yelled at, fear of, fear of being benched. I think that can go a long way. I don't know that the side necessarily had that this year. I, I think that there's definitely something to be said about a player manager like Zidane who could take a little bit more of a chill approach and will pull you aside and won't necessarily lace into you as often as Allegri seemed to or seems uh, like he could at any given time. But I, th- I think it works. There's something to be said about the fact that we wouldn't really lose stupid games like like the ones we lost this year under Allegri over a relatively large sample size. You can't imagine us losing a lot of the games or dropping points in a lot of the games that we did as many times as we did if Max Allegri were the coach this year because you think that after one or two times he would have he would have he would have shaken things up somehow he would have probably just instilled fear. I don't know if that's always effective but I feel like if done healthily I feel it's not only effective, I think it's crucial. I think it's important to, to keeping your soldiers in line. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, it's, it's all about that balance. If, you have, if, you're, not, if you're just screaming all the time, your, your player is going to hate you. But if you know how, how to talk to them and at least get your tactics right and then scream when you need to, it's a great balance to have. Look, the perfect testimony is this. When, when Juventus lose... Allegri takes the blame. He'll he'll go on. He said, I didn't do this for the guys, but next time I'll make it right. And if you read between the lines, as much as he's putting his face in front of like the failure, he's also trying to like get to the players to say, hey, you you guys messed up, right? And so we'll we'll make sure you don't mess up next time. And when we win, that's when he's like, these guys could have done better and they should have done better. That's a, that's where, you know, you don't, when, when, when you're in a down situation, you don't put the players down even more. And I think that's, that's what's great about him. And it wasn't so great about Sarri that he was like, well, the players don't do what I, what I tell them to do. It was like, oh, okay. Is that so? It was very clear that the sorry that the players did not like playing for sorry. Like no. And I don't think that I don't I think with Pirlo they actually liked him. It's just there was yeah. other issues with Pirlo's management style that didn't necessarily work out. But yeah. Yeah. I think Allegri kind of, you know, he threads the line of both where like, you know, I think about that video of him and Pogba playing basketball and like just like he gets the to best. be he gets to be able to like you know, get to know these players. And then you saw what Cancelo said this week about how much he loved, how much he enjoyed being coached by Allegri, how Allegri gave him so much advice. And there's definitely that aspect where the players do like him and he can be, and he's, you know, he's tactical and he's, he's smart. So on balance, he wins on, and on balance, he's loved by his players on balance, on balance overall. And now he comes in with a big reputation, which he didn't come in with in 2014. He had a solid reputation, but he, but he's now considered like a Ferrari of coaches. You know what I mean? He's up there in that class of supercar coaches who I think will bring in about as much respect as any 
player would on the basis of their name. I think Andrea Pirlo definitely commanded respect because he had a little bit of credibility because of what he accomplished in the game. But that kind of gets reset to zero when you have to manage again, right? Allegri was a you know a, a relatively accomplished player in that he played pro, but he wasn't he wasn't a, 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 he wasn't a world class player. He wasn't he wasn't a super high level pro, but he is a super high level manager, and that is something that I think will. Uh, will command a, a high a high degree of respect from the players when he comes right in, and that can't be overlooked either. That's that's a real bonus he has going for him now. I think people know they have to listen to him. He's going; they're going to buy in. I think with you know Maritza Sarri, that that is definitely something that that perhaps might have been a little bit harder for guys to swallow at times. That was the impression I got anyway. You do what Max Allegri tells you to do. You do what Carlo Ancelotti tells you to do. You do what Pep Guardiola tells you to do. Allegri's in that echelon of managers now. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So, man, it's, it, look, we needed a surefire thing because Agnelli knew that, like, two years where you saw, like, so the whole reason, right, was that, like we'll, we'll we'll look at the past, but then I want to look at the future because again, this is this is a great day, honestly. Like for all Juventinis should be so happy. They should be happy that Conte left Inter. They should be happy that he went to Real Madrid because that is going to be a car wreck. Not this year. They'll do well. They'll win La Liga next year. Dumpster fire. Mark my words. Um. So. Uh, like to me, okay. To me, Allegri like was is it, it, just going to be able to just set the balance right, and then be able to get us back on track with the Serie A, which we need to do, and then have as good of a stretch in um, in the Champions League as one could have. But the biggest reason that they wanted him out was oh. Well, he doesn't play well. He, he, you know, the games are boring. And I have to say his last year, yeah, they played like crap. But is the reason that why they played like crap because the players were coming to the end of a cycle. And as he said, they needed to get, you know, like just go through like a, like, like a phase of like renewal. So they had to trim a, t- a lot of fat. He's like, hey, look, we can go on another cycle of wins, but we need to get rid of a bunch of folks. And they were like, no, thank you. That's not what we're going to do. And by the way, see ya. But sorry ball came and we saw no sorry ball at all. And then Pirlo was supposed to come with this like magical thesis. And we saw maybe two games of it, right? Kind of. We're getting, we're getting a reliable coach. That's it. And not only that, let's, let's look at Allegri's past too. This is a guy that learns from his mistakes. So you, over two years, you don't think he's watched Juve and he's watched a bunch of other folks and then just tinkered in his brain. Maybe he'll think about, okay, maybe I found a way to make Dybala and Ronaldo play together and really maximize. Oh, We've got Kulusevsky that's maybe like that Isco guy that I wanted. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there, but I'm very excited for what's to come. I have a couple of questions for you guys um, that are coming right from Twitter. 
And we've already touched on a couple of these points. So let's expand on them. Uh, Matt and Giovanni, both of you can get at these here. Uh, take a stab at them however you'd like. The first one comes at us from at Worked Up Pod, who says there are obvious starters based on the squad presently. Obviously, things will change this summer with new signings. I actually don't know about that. I don't know how many new signings we'll get. Maybe hopefully a Locatelli. Otherwise, I don't know. That's me adding that point in. But he asks, how do you think Mad Max works with fringe players like Weston McKinney or Kuluzewski? I don't know that Weston McKinney and Kuluzewski are fringe players, but he's, let's just say, how, do you, how does he work with some new guys we didn't have before? Because Giovanni, you were just touching that point. And uh, furthermore, uh, how do you think he deals with other players that weren't here when he was like Rabio or Arthur? How do the new guys fit into his system or do they, do they not in your minds? That's a great question. Um, it's, it's tough. It's going to be tough to tell exactly because I, I don't think like, I don't think McKenney is ready to be, you know, given the reins to be a starter in the midfield all the time. I think he's a great guy to have come off the bench. And I think in certain games he can start, but I think when people say like, Oh, McKenney wasn't that good. It's because they were looking for him to be more than he is at 22. That being said, I think he's one player, like I said earlier, I think he's one player that can really excel under Allegri because I think he'll be able to do, be just, you know, that workhorse for him in the midfield as long as he's partnered with somebody who can be the more of the creative type. And that's going to be where do we get, I think that's going to be the question about the signings of the summer. Um, you know, do we get a Locatelli or somebody like him that can be the distributor? Because um, I think those two together, I think McKenney under Allegri with somebody who's a little more creative in distributing next room could be really strong under Allegri. And then Kulishevsky is somebody I'm not, you know, he's still very young too. So I think though that he's another player that Allegri could, can do some things with that. You know, he's got a, he's got a, we saw towards the end of the season, Kulishevsky started to show himself again. And I think Allegri can move him around a little bit. I think it would be interesting to see him play behind the strikers a little bit. Um, but it's all going to be about, you know, who's, who's left, Dybala and Ronaldo, are they still there? Uh, you know, does Dybala actually want to be up up next to the strikers and be up actually in the box like he should? Because we all know he's the strongest there, but he won't. He never wants to play that way. Yeah. Giovanni, I want you to take a stab at this too, but I just, I just want to add in real quickly. I think Kuluzewski becomes a totally I – w- I won't say a totally different player um, because we've already seen what he can do. I think he's already fantastic. I think last year he proved that. And at times this year he did. But I think he turns into a real dominant force. Bear in mind, this guy's, what is he, 21 this year? I think he's born in 2000. I think we see him develop over the next three years. He's three years younger than Federico Chiesa. Plays a similar role to him. But we think of Federico Chiesa as being a promising guy. you have any idea what Kuluzewski will look like when he is Chiesa's age? I don't know if we wind up selling him for a crazy, for a crazy plus Valenza at that point, you know, uh, or if we rock with him because maybe he's you know because he's a young stud who, who 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 who's beautiful to watch and we're we're one of the elite teams in europe and it's normal that we keep players of that ilk i, I don't know but either way i think it's a win-win i really do we signed him for 40 million i think he'll be worth three times that much in in three years and i think um i i i think i think he really flourishes under max allegri for the simple fact and i don't even know where he factors in to the equation right now with the fact that Dybala can shift out wide a little bit on the right and Chiesa definitely has that spot uh, pretty nailed down. But 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 I, I think we see Allegri use a lot of the players' strengths 
in ways that we haven't necessarily seen. I think that applies to Rabio and Arthur as well. They're good, solid technical players. On paper, you look at our midfield and think that we're among the best in Serie A. Yet, if you've heard us talk over the last several months, you would think that we're getting relegated based on how we talk about the midfielder we ha- uh, the midfielders we have. It's really just, at the end of the day, I think it's the way they've been playing. You know, uh, the, the midfielders themselves are not bad in and of themselves. They've just been playing badly. And I think with more instruction, I think they'll be able to, I think I think the cream will rise to the top. I really I really do. Giovanni, do you agree? Do you have any do you have any other kind of grand aspirations for those players under uh, your boy Max? Look, um, I just say this: when uh, our great fearless capitano Conte from the nineties decided he was unhappy because he didn't get Quadrado, and he was like, "We're you know figured out we're a cheap ten dollar restaurant." And he wanted to go eat somewhere else and left us high and dry. Second, I think his second day of the, of the training camp, Allegri came. They threw a bunch of stones at him and tomatoes. And he looked at the team and he's like, I can work with this. And if I recall correctly, it was Serie A, Coppa Italia, and Champions League final, which was the restaurant that we couldn't afford to eat at, right? So Allegri is going to come. He's going to look at what we have. He's going to talk with the management and say, okay, do we need to sell someone? If so, look at these four dudes. And can we get someone? Yes. Go get me this one, please. And then what they can do, we'll do. And then Allegri will figure it out. He'll figure it out. That's, that's what I'm, I'm just leaving it up to him. I, I don't care. We got another question from Lorenzo Olonio who asks, how do we feel about him having more power in the transfer market? Saying or going on to cite that uh, many blame him for bad extensions like Gedira. Um, but he adds that he thinks it was due to uh, him not getting ball playing midfielders he asked for and securing what he knew how to work with. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, the last part of the assessment is, is that, you know, there were certain... There's certain, you know, purchases that should have developed better. Like, for, I'll take Rugani, for example. Mm-hmm. And no, that's not to say that, like, Allegri wasn't fixated with a certain type of player or, you know, his guys. Like, De Chilio, God forbid, like, nothing good ever came of that, right? We we wished and hoped and tried and he was just he was just Max Allegri's guy and he just didn't work out. He's coming back on loan, by the way. I wonder what happens now that he's back with Allegri and we don't have a ton of fullback depth. I wonder. Uh, I know. Well, you know, if you sell Alexandro and you don't have that much money and you don't intend to like, like, I don't know, you know, I don't, yeah, that's And you put a traffic cone on, the, on that side and hope yeah. that it stops something. But I'm just is. saying, I'm just saying all of a sudden we have Quadrado who had the most, ass- who had, who had more assists than anyone could have imagined the past year. We have Danilo who's flexible, but who can by trade play right back. We've got Alexandro who's got the left back role nailed down, but we have Luca Pellegrini, my boy coming back from loan. And we have Frabotta who's still in the squad. I don't think he's of the uh, of, of of the quality required in order yeah, to play man, consistently, but he's still there. I'm saying where does I mean, I'd, I'd rather keep Frabotta and then have Dechilio on on the field. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, for, just just my the no, point not to deviate from that, the point. Like, yeah, I'll let you finish. Yes, the point being that like he's he has he's made his 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 blunders right. Um, 
but I think what he what's you know what's what's but what what ended up happening is that he just couldn't trust any other type of players other than the guys that had the football pedigree, such as Kadira and Matuidi. We missed a player like Kadira that could have been, you know, a better midfielder than what we had. The problem is, is that Kadira's body failed him and people failed to recognize that early enough. Or they, or they just, the wishful thinking of being like, let's squeeze one more year because, you know, we can't buy this $100 million midfielder that we need. You know, it was like we were trying to, like, plug holes. And when Allegri was like, mm, I did, we got to go, that was like, they, we, we got to get rid of a few people. Don't forget that he had Emre Chan there. And... Who knows what sort of summer transfer we would have had had they listened to him. Maybe Kedira is gone after that bad year. Right? Maybe yeah. Mandzukic is gone. I, th- I think... We don't know. We yeah. don't know. I, all I know, all I know, is we have to turn over more power to him now. I think it's going to be one of the. I'm one fine. Of the, yeah, I, I have no issue with that at all. But I think that's one of the conditions that he will have definitely negotiated uh, when, when, when taking his, when taking isn't his, it fair, his oath. Right. Let me just uh, just one observation. Isn't it I, fair? I, like, not only do I think it's fair, I think it's crucial. Uh, I, that 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 we that we very do very much. Look at look at some of these, as you said, Lamborghini or Ferrari uh, uh, the, uh, managers. Look at look at Pep Guardiola. Do you think Pep Guardiola doesn't have a say in who he gets? Do you think course, Klopp doesn't have a strong say in who he gets? Of course they do, but I think not only should Max Allegri get that, I'm saying I think he's probably vindicated. Now, I've been saying this for a while. I think he's Thank vindicated you. in that we probably should have given it to him two years ago because look where we've been the last two years. Look how we've been trying to keep up. Yeah. No, and it's 100%. Yeah, and to me, right, like, because I grew up with football in the 90s. And, you know, I know in Italy, everybody is not, it's like culturally not like England, but I admired teams like Manchester United with Sir Alex Ferguson. And I admired the Arsene Wenger, you know, Arsenal, like that type of longevity where they've had successes right up and down, but stability. I was like, this is great. Like, if only an Italian side were mature enough culturally to do it, that would be great. And obviously Juventus with having the pedigree of being the best in the country, I would say, you know, fit the mold. And they just needed to find the right coach. And to me, Allegri was that right coach. I I expected them to say, here's a, here's a five-year extension and here's how you're going to get more directly involved and make him that type of Sir Alex figure. And it would have been a novelty in, in, in Italy because there's not a lot of situations like that, but I think it would have been fantastic and the right decision, to be honest. Yeah. We didn't give him five years, but we gave him four at 9 million euro a year. I believe that's, is that yeah. gross in, in, in any event, apparently around the offered yeah, well, apparently that's usually what it gets reported. Yeah, but apparently Real Madrid offered him ten, and he told him to kick rocks. So let that sink in. I mean, inject that into all of our collective veins. It's just interesting. He, who who he, is he the most? Who is the longest tenured tenured coach in Serie A right now? Um, Gasper, longest tenured, it would have been probably Inzaghi or Gasperini. 
it's probably Gasparini. it's probably Gasparini. Well, it's now it's gonna be Gasparini for sure. Yeah, I think. Uh, let me let me think through it. Um, I think you're right. I think yeah, you're it's right. Yeah, so it's just like to the point though about like Allegri and what he was doing prior and the ability to like have that longevity. Five years. Not, it's not common in Italy at all. Five years. So. Could you imagine if you had given him? If, could you imagine if you had listened to him? You would have kept coaching. Maybe maybe we get that tenth one in a row, and then maybe maybe fuck. Who knows? Maybe we win that Champions League in a pandemic year. Yeah, but you know what? Maybe maybe we don't win. 10 in a row maybe wheels fall off if we don't quite listen to him and he he swallows his pride sticks around the year that Sarri came in maybe we lose the title that year and maybe we sack him at the end of that year and there's never any prospect of him coming back because we don't have that period of time to say you know what we were right we want you back you know if things are what they are now and things are looking a little bit more up for the future now I think and it's like when you you regret dumping dumping your original girlfriend for the hottie and then yeah. you, you know, the hottie's got like bad breath and sucks in bed or something <laughs> like that. And then you're like, okay, no, I had it way better. Okay, I suppose. Yeah, I get, no, I get your that's, point. That's very well put. That's very well put. <laughs> although, 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 I, I don't know, the bad, bad breath is a deal breaker. You, you don't, you don't typically go. Oh, out yeah, dude. Right, right off the bat, I, I would, I would say, yeah, like a sneaky, like a sneaky thing, a sneaky thing, like, like just, yeah, just, just issues that you come that you come across down the line like psych like psychological issues maybe things that are like hiding beneath the surface that you don't know about but at surface level it looks great yeah for me bad breath is too that's too surface level an issue but, but great conversation but anyway um yeah matt matt anything anything you'd like to anything you'd like to add before no, uh, i think i actually think the the break and the two years off are going to be really beneficial for Juve and Allegri like combined because now there's kind of that, you know, that chip of like, you, you, you kicked me out. Now you've, 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 you've come back to me as a, the, the Marvel movies, you couldn't live with your mistakes. So that brought you back to me. Um, and then for Allegri, it's like, watch me work. Like, all right, you guys had a bad year. Watch me work. And now he comes in and I have high expectations. And on the Champions League, it's like the guy got us to two Champions League finals against arguably like the two best teams ever. And, like, and one minute away for, and one kick into of the ball into the stands with Evra that oh my God. Bayern, Bayern Munich who won that year as well. Yeah. So like the guy knows how to win and like, yo, yeah, we didn't win the Champions League. We lost to a Barcelona that had Peak Suarez, Peak Messi, and Neymar up top. We lost to Peak Ronaldo Madrid with Bale and Modric, and like, like, yeah, we lost to really, really good teams. There's no harm in that. Like this, this, like, I don't care how great of a coach Allegri is. Like sometimes the better team wins. When did we? When did we lose to Bayern when they went on to win the championship? Excuse me, the Champions League. You referring to? Are you referring to that? Are you referring to that game when Kingsley Coman scored late on in extra time? In what I and believe was, was it him or was it Douglas Costa or it was, some, somebody? It was uh, we, we yeah, tied to yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody was injured, but Morata had like a boss game. Yeah, yeah. They they didn't go on to win that year. They didn't. Not to be that guy, but okay, no, but no, but no, but they, but they, but they, but that was a really no. That that was a game. fact check. It was a good fact check right there. Yeah. No, no, but just to make sure. Well, I, was, I, but I that definitely it. was a game that stood out in all our minds for well, sure. Well, that was those two legs were arguably the best two games of like just watching like as a new, even as like a neutral, like if you were watch those two games, like this is 
amazing. Let's be honest. You're okay to lose to Bayern Munich in, in the, in the quarterfinal. If it's Bayern Munich, they're an elite side. And you know, sometimes top sides beat each other. What isn't okay is going out to Ajax and Porto and Lyon, right? Uh, so, so that, that's, that's, that's the, that's the difference. That's been the real difference since he left is that we've looked like mental midgets in, in games in Europe where, where we would have been expected to win. You know, not these heartbreaking games against top opposition like Bayern Munich in 2016. I, but, I do think no. Porto, Porto in 2019, who are a you know a decent side, but not at our level. You got to beat the teams you have. You have you, you, you have to beat the team. Listen, I get the fairy tale stories happen in the Champions League all the time. It's one of the things we love about the Champions League. But if you're Goliath, you have to beat David. Uh, and if you don't, you're held accountable for it. That's the story. Well, we, we love the fairy tales, but in the end, Goliath ends up winning in the Champions League almost always. So. Pretty much always. But I think going back to that IX game and why that was kind of like the downfall for Allegri was not so much that, you know, we lost to a team that had a lot of spunk and all that. It was also just like everything else going around that year. Like IX then goes on to play Tottenham. Like that was, that felt like it was the one there for the taking for us. We'd brought in Ronaldo, like we're ready to win. And then when we lose to IX, who then goes and loses to Tottenham, who, you know, no disrespect to Tottenham, they weren't that good of a team to begin with. And then you know, you're in against Liverpool in the final. Like that was the year that felt like it was supposed to be ours. And it just didn't. And I think that's really what compounded on like the Allegri out and all the this. The bracket. Yeah. The, the bracket. Definitely Cause it, it felt that, like yeah. that was the one for us. Just like the year when we made it to the finals against Barcelona, we had a really good draw with uh, we faced what Monaco in the, the semi, the semifinals, which. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever year it was. Yeah. 2017, yeah. Yeah, we, 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 yeah. Like we had 15 was really good, 17 was Monaco. Yeah, exactly. We had a really good bracket for us. And so it was like that, that sort of like path of destiny. Look, let's not let's not focus too much on the past. Let's focus on let's focus on the future now. Um, question for you both. This comes from Nick Comiso on Twitter. Who should some of the first signings under the new Allegri era be? Do you think he wants, for example, to bring in Locatelli? In terms of departures, do you think some players who are very likely leaving now have a chance in the squad? We already talked about a guy like Deshilio uh, coming back on loan, but I think maybe maybe we could think of other protagonists who might have who might right. have otherwise been leaving like maybe a Bernardeschi for example all right let's see that i think is Bernardeschi is an example of a guy who's probably gonna leave i think you know nick is asking might he stay now who else might we bring in all right let's do this let's do a little bit of like transfer season right now so i've got the roster up actually i think i can i think i can share my screen let's do this oh no i can't do that Anyways, all right, I'll read it out. So a geriatric millennial. Chesney, <laughs> are we keeping him or not? Well, this is all going to depend on Donnarumma. Like, if, if we get if Donnarumma comes, then Chesney's gone. Like that's that's the okay, obvious. So is that is that are we are we is that a yay from gun to my head? I say it's happening. I gun think to my we, head. I say I, I say Chesney's we, in. I mean, sorry, Chesney's out. Donnarumma's in. I I I don't. Yeah, offloading Chesney's going to be tough. Um, offloading well, you can't he, offload he's him. not he's not he's not trash but i mean you, you know what i mean but you, i don't you know can offload him because you don't have any money on him on the books so it's straight profit and donnarumma yeah you're paying him a ton and you're paying a commission but your commission doesn't necessarily go count against your books or at least not in the way that you think right yeah so, I- 
I just don't know where the market for Chesney is. I don't know where the market for him is. Because always a good market for a good goalkeeper. Again, he, he, he's, he had a down year. Yeah, he, he's a good goalkeeper. Again, he's not. He's not. I don't. Want, I don't want to say we're throwing him to the curb like trash. He's not. He's not. He's not a piece of trash. He's not, and he's not trash figuratively, right? Like he, he is a good goalkeeper. I think there is a market for him. I just don't know that. I don't know that uh, it's immediately obvious who might sign him, and I've heard no rumors to that effect. Here's an old man moment for you. When we had a couple of down years, the last time we had a couple of down years, and then the last time the next major, like the 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 big the the last big return of a coach was with Lippi, we had Van der Sar, who was a really good keeper, who was a Champions League winner with Ajax, who was a dude that knew what was up, but he was an overall a really good goalkeeper, but he had two, like two seasons where his blunders made us lose and we lost a few games because of Chesney and then we had the opportunity to sign a generational talent in Buffon who played for us for 20 something years I think his his transfer repaid itself tenfold right so don't worry they will find a place for him we may think it's like we're, we're, we're not getting as much as we should get, but don't worry. Whatever we get is profit, and they're going to take it if they're signing Donnarumma. So I think we're all okay with the signing, right? So is Killini, next, next question is, is Chiellini staying or not? Apparently he is. He's apparently, he's apparently re-signed for a year, so that's... that's Since that's when? One- yeah, yesterday, yesterday, yeah, it, it was, it was, it's, I pretty, it's like, it's not like a, just a rumor. It's like one of those like expected, uh, you know, expected one year extension within the last 24 hours. But that's a good point because there were rumors that he might've been leaving, right? Buffon is confirmed leaving because he's decided he's going. Uh, so I think Chiellini being in the dressing room will be a nice influence. I think he, he, it's understood that he won't be playing a lot. I think if we kind okay. of have that caveat, I think it makes I mean, sense. Yeah, He'll be I, 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 I'm one that says like, you know, Keeling's best days are behind him. And there was plenty of games where he looked really poor. As long as he, we don't rely on him for too much, then fine. Keep him. Yeah. So. Phase him out. Okay. That's fine. So we, Delict staying, right? We can all agree on that. No issues. <laughs> no, all he's right. going to Barcelona. Didn't you hear? He's super unhappy in Torino and it's going to Barcelona. And Right. Yeah. So <laughs> we're cool with Delict. Bonucci, staying or going? Because that's actually a a very valid, relevant question. I don't know why he would leave. I think he's staying. I yeah, I I can't I can't see him leaving at this point. I think we're in a position where we need to hang on to whatever quality center backs we have. He's not what he was, but he's quality. I think we might look to even bring in another one. I don't know what's going on with Cristian Romero. I think is he not all but surely going to Hold on, but do we all agree with what Sam said? Do you agree? What's I I think we have to keep him because, like Sam said, we don't have a ton of options. Do we have to keep him? I don't know. Do you what? So you think like we get rid of him and then we can't? Him? Well, we can't just go with you know Demiral, Delict, and then Chiellini. Well, we have Danilo too. Danilo too. So, well, I wouldn't don't don't worry about Danilo. Um, I wouldn't even. I wasn't even thinking about Danilo. I think you either go with. Um, with Romero, if you're able to wrangle something with Atalanta, you just pay them like a like a you know development fee. Call it that, right? Just say we're just we're we're reneging. You know, here's a development fee: eight million, nine million. It's just cash. 
nobody's going to, you know, he's our player, so eat me. And you, there you go. You have Christian Romero, who I think, I, we're playing for under Gasparini, where his center backs move up quite a bit, he provides that type of, like, eclectic play that Bonucci gives you with definitely a lot better defensive prowess. So that's one. Or real quick, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but just to touch on Cristiano Romero because I I kind of floated his name first. I I double checked. Atalanta have option to buy, and his market value is. I mean, there's an arbitrage opportunity there. I think if if they buy him on option, I think they could flip him right away for more than what they would be, but more than what they would be paying. So I think that's that one's. But that one's all about. Yeah, to what Sam's saying, I don't think there's any there's any play at, at Romero. I think he is not. It's not happening. Like it's he's staying at Atalanta, and he's Atalanta's or Man U or somebody's going to come in over the top and offer Atalanta a big fee for him that we won't match. But look, don't forget that Atalanta and Juventus are like pretty friendly clubs with each other, and it it's this is about like long term longevity, other than you know them being like profiteering. Let's put it that way, right? Juventus will make Atalanta whole. Don't worry about it. No, for real. Like, if Juventus is serious about Cristiano Romero, you don't think they're going to go for him and say, Atalanta, don't worry about it. Like, as we I'm get... Saying it's done. They have an option. I mean, we, we negotiated the option months ago. It's it's over. I think that... From that yeah, I think from that everything I've heard, sailed. it sounds like it's done. Like, there's, there's no part... Wait, so I don't think Romero's okay, on the fine. table. You guys don't don't agree with me with Romero. That's fine. No, I, I'd, like other, to, I'd like to. I'm just trying to be realistic the, here. By the way, the rumors that Chesney... The other option yet. is the revival of Romagnoli, who was a guy that they liked a couple of years ago and wanted to bring, like they didn't want Bonucci from Milan. They wanted Romagnoli from Milan for Higuain. Right. And they, they, and told, they, us, said they no. told us to kick break. So, and this goes to another question, right? Like if you bring in Romagnoli, do you trade him for Bernardeschi, which is like a rumor that we had heard this past season. And, you know, do you keep Bernardeschi either way? Because that's that's he was like a he was a, a an Allegri guy. Yeah, it's 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 a move I would make. I would swap the two. I don't know that I don't oh, know yeah. that Milan. I don't know that Milan go for it. Um, I remember. They might remember, not. Yeah, no, I, I remember. I but you know, mind you, uh, mind you that they they don't really. I, he, although he's their captain. Although Romagnoli is their captain, they don't have a whole lot of use for him anymore. I think they'll be looking to bring Tomori back on loan, and he hasn't started for months. Yeah, yeah, he, and he so lost the, the starting spot. So I think he'll be. I, I think he'll leave. But there are rumors now that Inter may be looking to swoop in. I don't know that there's a guarantee that we'll get him. I think we could. They will, no, look, they'll figure it out because Romagnoli, I think, is the same. Um, is the same agent as Bernardeschi, which is Rayala. We'll make it happen. So, because so, Bernardeschi, his value isn't increasing. Like, we think we've we got to get yeah. the conclusion that he's done at Juve. Right? Let's, see, let's see how he does at the Euro as well. Let's not let's not. Well, no. he, about so he's always played he, well for the Azuri, and I, I think that actually could be really beneficial for Juve that they can get his price tag up. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's, okay, so the question was about Bonucci, and now we're talking about Romagnoli. So essentially, it's it's not it's twofold. It's can we swap Bernard? Let's assume we can swap Bernardeschi for Romagnoli. Yes, I am making that 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 swap because I think we need better defenders. Then do you get rid of Bonucci because you've brought in Romagnoli? Bonucci's not going anywhere, guys. I like, like we're kind of getting into an interesting hypothetical, but the, the root of the question was: Do you think Allegri keeps guys that were otherwise leaving or uh, brings in any new guys? I I love this discussion, new, but 
Yeah, it's a look. It's a completely new thing for him. He's been out of it for two years, and then we've got the, this whole issue that there's no money to spend. So we're we've got to make there's there's certain in and out decisions. Like Arthur, do you keep him? More than likely because he's on the books for you like can't get any. Yeah, it's not. Nobody's gonna pay exactly. Him. So you got to figure out what what you can do with Arthur. We can make that work. We can make that work. I think the sure. one so, we bring in is Locatelli and that's it. I can't imagine us bringing on anyone. Yeah, I think Locatelli, look, Locatelli's coming. I would say so because we don't, we need a player like him. There's not, there's nothing like that. And I don't buy the whole rumors of like Pjanic coming back. That no, that, no. And if we all go back to, you know, the, the, the last year of Allegri, it was like watching Pjanic and it's not always been that exciting. And so, and also, so, I I don't think he did that much, especially in the later seasons. I don't think he was as good as you, people thought he could be. You can only keep, you can only keep two of these three at midfield: Rabiot, Bentancur, McKenney. Who do you keep? So originally, I said I would keep Bentancur and McKenney, but I think I'm I would rather keep Rabiot over Bentancur. But. I don't know. I mean, I think, like I said, I think, I think Locatelli is coming too. Like, I think that just everything around it seems to be the, 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 everything in the works seems to be like the way that signings do go, where we say, you know, there's enough hype and there's enough rumors that have substantial legs behind him that eventually he does get signed. Who who do you, who do you keep of those three? Keep Joel. Who do you keep? Oh, I, I, I keep, I keep Rabiot. I keep McKenny. I, I agree. I agree. But uh, but I don't think that's that, that's a bit of a prisoner's dilemma, though. I mean, like I don't I don't actually want to get rid of Bentancur despite it all. We're not we're not. But he's I, got a market, right? I know Rabiot has a market too. But but are we that, know, are, we that, are, we that we, are we that cash strapped that we that we absolutely need to make a sale like that right we now? Need we need to we do, no, first. Clear, yeah, we need to clear, we need to clear a hundred million off the books. We need to we need a hundred million and. That's not taking into account whatever cash injections we get from Exor. So, one of these, one of these three will likely go. And if I had to have any say over it, I keep McKenny and I keep Rabio because I'm sorry, I I don't know what I can do with a midfielder that can't score or shoot, and that's Bentancur. And he just doesn't offer enough. That's yeah, the, exactly. They more di- they're more diverse in their skill set. So exactly. So and I think. And I think Rabiot has got a massive like ceiling. Well, he's the most frustrating player in the world to watch because in some games he just, so. but then you see him do these amazing things. And you're like, where is that? And like, why isn't that more consistent? But I, but we talked about, it. I think Rabiot under Allegri could do, could be really, really strong. Yeah. Right, Alexander, because he's been like, he's just been mediocre the past three years. So this is where we come into a real problem with, I don't think we should keep him because he's been very, very mediocre, but we probably don't have the cash to upgrade him. I, 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 I exactly. Because my, my next question is like, who do we bring in? Because I don't know. Left backs are not cheap. They're not. Like, like what's Alaba going for? It's, it's like left tackles and he's going for, he's going for nothing. Well, what's his, what's his, what uh, are his wages? Wages. Like, astronomical. Astronomical. Exactly. As you'd expect. Yeah. He'd be like the second highest paid player on the team if we tried to get, like, there's just not a lot of great options out there. Yeah. Is Akimi on the left? He's a right. He's a right sided oh, player. Oh, okay. I see. But like, I mean, yeah. look, left super talented left backs are like left tackles in in football. They're like a, they're a premium position. You pay a premium for them. Uh, I and I I don't know who we'd replace him with. So yeah, I mean, 
that that's that's a hole that I don't even know if we can plug. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, listen, we brought in, we brought in, we brought in Luca Pellegrini two years ago and haven't given him a shout yet. He looked pretty good this year, but then he got injured. I still think he has upside. Giovanni makes fun of me for that one, but I think he's, he, I'd integrate him into the squad. I just don't know that, I don't know that he'd be able to take the big jump necessary if you get rid of Sandro. But the, the, the biggest issue is you get rid of Sandro and say you do promote Pellegrini, who's your other left back? Maybe keep the Chilio. I, I don't know. But I, we all saw how to show you plays like that's not. I'd rather have Falata. I, I hear you. I hear you. I but you can't go in with your two your two options being Pellegrini and Frabata. Like that's we're, we're playing. Yeah, we're, we're playing a different game now. We're kind of veering off from from like talking about Allegri and what we think he'll do, and we're now kind of speculating over where the sales need to come from. I I said before that there were no rumors that Chesney would be going anywhere. I was mistaken. I forgot and confirmed. I mean, there are a couple of clubs in the Prem that are apparently looking at him. Pickford is the starter at Everton, but he's kind of at a bit of a fall from grace, and apparently Everton are looking to get. I mean, I wouldn't trust uh, get an English him goalkeeper in. to save my life. Sure. So apparently they're looking to get Chesney and Azar, Chelsea. We'll see. You know, you maybe generate something there. Uh, maybe a midfield sale, a midfielder sale. Other than Ramsey, that still only gets you maybe about two thirds of the way there, halfway there. So I don't know. Bernardeschi probably has to wind up going. I don't know if he stays under Allegri. Giovanni, what do you what do you think? Because he was a guy that was brought in under Max, but Max really Max out. can let go. Like Max always evolves. And I mean, look, we're trying to put ourselves in Allegri's shoes, right? But there is going to be a certain you know amount of speculation, and that's the fun of it, right? Like, I think Danilo it stays at least the same and, or if not improves. So, you know, again, thank you, Pirlo for that. Um, yeah. Ramsey, I think he goes, but who knows? Like I want, I don't know. Like now nah, Ramsey's gone. It's just too much. His wages are too much. And we got him for nothing. Was, we got him for nothing. Yeah, it's exactly. pure. It's, yeah, it's pure. pure it's, he's like easy, easy money. You're right. Yeah. You're You're right. Ju- you, you get rid of him easily. Um, right, so we've got the two biggest questions though, that we got to answer, right? It's, is Ronaldo staying and is and is Dybala staying? Dybala is quivering in his pants at the thought of Max Allegri coming back. And I don't know if we even offer him what he's asking for uh, right now. It's what, but he's had a terrible euro. year. No, but he had a good last week <laughs> to leave a nice sweet what does taste that mean? in our mouth. It means nothing, but at least, yeah. it, I don't know, it, it kind of reminded people romantically that he's still... He's still Paulo. He's still Paulo. He's still Pablito. You know, he's still that guy. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. I don't. I don't really know. I so the Ronaldo thing. You know, where does he go? Is the question that? And this is you know, Allegri aside, everything else aside. With all the financial constraints that most teams are going to have this year, and PSG being like the one like oh he could go to Paris, but they just they just uh, they they're going to be trying to re up. Mbappe for a big money and I don't know if they'll they'd even bring him in who 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 would actually take on Ronaldo if you he know, was to leave it's fine like and I'm not wishing him to to leave but it's just an open question right I personally I don't I think it's it's like um it's like trying to move Mount Everest it's first of all it's going to be a pain in the butt and then why, why do it right so at this point there's too many reasons why it you you keep him and why it also can't be done because nobody's gonna pay him the way he's getting paid and 
also the, the uh, Italian taxation system. And then, you know, Juventus is going to lose like a great asset. And again, I, I'll go back to Max Allegri always being somebody that learns from his past and just always evolves. Everybody thought that he wasn't going to have a good relationship with Pirlo. And instead, when Pirlo came, when Allegri came, he was able to, you know, have Pirlo flourish. Still, I who knows? Maybe maybe Allegri comes back and is like, all right, Ronaldo, I, th I think I figured it out. I have no idea. That's my hope. That's what everybody should hope for. You know? Yeah, I... I, I, I think uh, I think the case of Cristiano is an odd one because the player has more say in dictating where he goes than we do. I think I think there's going to be a little sit down and they'll discuss it in the next week. That's what I think. I think it'll probably be addressed lightly before the Euro. And I think the decision might be made then. And I think we may not know what's happening until after the European Championships. So I, I would I would I would sit on that one for a while. I don't think we need to get rid of him. Um for financial reasons, certainly not for technical reasons. Um, but it'll, it'll, it'll be a weird one. It'll be a weird one. The case of Paulo Dybala is, I mean, like this contract renewal has been looming for a while. It's been looming for a while and we still aren't any closer. It seems over a year now of discussion that he wants the same number, which is 15 million euro. And if anything, the last year only hurt, uh, the last year only hurt his case. It only hurt his case. So I I could see I could see Paulo Dybala leaving more than anyone else. I but having said that, we're just speculating now, and we're not basing this on any rumors or anything. We're just kind of basing it off of just logic. We're we're, we're trying to put two and two together. Uh, that's where I that's where I see things going. But you know, who the hell are we, right? It'll I, I'd love to be a fly on the wall and know what discussions are going on on the inside right now. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're just, we're basically just trying to make it work with the idea. We're saying, okay, Allegri's coming in. Here's the players we have. There's also this, this, this financial constraint on the team. So where does it, where can we, all these pieces be put together? And that's, you know, the Dybala one, I think is the biggest, is going to be the biggest question because if you took like logically that they need to, they need to make some money. His contracts talks have just stalled forever. He wants more money than they're willing to give. And quite frankly, more than he has shown that he deserves recently he seems like the, the the easy choice of selling yeah but i love dabala like i love dabala I, I hear you i hear you i hear you i hear you look um the the the, the fact the fact of the matter is i i think the important thing is that the man heading the ship now is going to be able to is going to be able to inspire a little bit more confidence and i think we we can all sit back and say at least we're in safer hands than we were a week ago. Um, maybe last question before we wrap. Patrick asks on Twitter, uh, what, if anything, do you think Mad Max might bring differently during his tenure? Um, so not necessarily. From his prior tenure? So not necessarily. Just tech, so technically in terms of play and style, not just the fact they'll have a bigger role in transfers and such, but in terms of play style, because this is a really hard one. I actually think the answer to this question not to answer the question before I let you guys go off and, 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 and take a stab at it, but I think the answer to the question is there's absolutely no way of knowing. And I think that's kind of the beauty of Max Allegri is you, you don't look at him and say, well, you know that a, an Allegri side is going to play a certain way. Um, I, so I think I in that regard, 
So I think in that regard, but I think in that regard, nothing changes. I think the fluidity remains and that's, that's the only consistent, which I think is a strength, which we can look forward to. But what do you guys think? I, I think the, we were, we're not going to know from his prior tenure. I think he's going to have to look at the players and figure out what the best thing is for him. And I'll be honest, I think it's going to be a rough start for Juve, right? Relatively, because it's going to be a time of discovery and figuring out the best way for them to gel after two years of like unlearning certain things and having to relearn new things like the third coach in a row. Like, so that's not going to be great. But the one thing I know for sure compared to Pierlo is that they're going to go back to a back four. That's it. That's, that's the only certain thing. And that's the only difference um, between Pierlo and the prior tenure of Sorry, uh, between Allegri and the prior tenure of Pirlo. Yeah, I think that's – it's going to be I, – I don't know what to expect, really, because I, I think Allegri is such a student of the game and that he learns so much that we could see – we could see a little bit different than we saw before with him, but who knows? I think we'll, we're in for – we're in for – I think we're in for a much better better time. That's all. I agree. I agree. I'm I'm all here for it. Listen, it'll be an interesting year next year. We've got a new manager or an, an old new manager. Um, Inter are getting Simone Inzaghi and now that's that's imminently going to be announced, it seems. So that'll be a little change of pace up there. That'll really throw a wrench in their gears. Napoli have a new manager under Luciano Spalletti. Fiorentina have a new manager. Not the Fiorentina were going to compete for a title or anything, but you, you know, there, there, there is a lot of change right now. And you know, the only real constants are, are Pioli at Milan and Gasparini at Atalanta. And I think we got to watch out for Atalanta quietly because of the fact there is a little bit of consistency there. Mourinho coming in at Roma, another new one. There's going to be new management at Lazio. I think I think Gasparini is the one guy who's going to be able to kind of just pick right up where he left off and every single other, every single other manager. Although Allegri at least knows the squad pretty well, or a lot of them, right? I think every other manager is going to have a little bit of a period of acclimatization and It'll be uh, it'll be really intriguing to see how how the season starts off. I, I'm I'm fired up as ever, um, not just not just for the fact that it'll be right on the back of the Euro, and usually that that gets everyone in a nice mood all summer. But also the fact that fans are coming back and that there's a lot of change and hype around the league. I guess it just remains to be seen who will be uh, lacing up for us under Mad Max's tutelage, but I think we can all agree. We all feel a little better about the guy who's at the helm now. Yeah. And Mourinho at Roma is going to be fun one to watch. That's going to be great. Yeah, that is going to be fun. Mourinho back is good. Spalletti back is good. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun Serie A. It'll be a fun season. All bets are off. And with you Inter know, having all these issues, it's very nice. Have- you know, it's happy to see that the, the, the serious issues are down are in, at Inter. So, you know, they win, they win the Scudetto and then they're in crisis. Yeah, just... just- <laughs> Just one blow after another for Inter two days ago. Antonio Conte saying, fuck you guys, you can't pay, uh, you can't, not the, excuse me, not you can't pay my wage. You, you guys can't keep the players that I need. I'm out. Uh, you're putting me in a, in a tough position. Don't want it. Don't care enough. Don't care enough for it. And then two days later, it's hashtag Allegri in. Uh, I mean, it's just from bad to worse. Uh, ter- uh, yeah. Terrible what, week for Inter. They, place. Could, they couldn't even enjoy the Scudetto for one week. At least we, <laughs> at least we have, at least we have that. We could be a little petty and 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 uh, and be happy about that, uh, gentlemen. Uh, listeners, thanks for thanks for tuning in. I I, I gotta say, it, it's been a really difficult emotional season for for us in a lot of ways. It's been very frustrating, but 
definitely definitely looking forward to what is to come and we'll be uh, we'll be right here for you guys to continue to break down news uh, maybe a little bit throughout the summer but definitely consistently throughout the year next year i know farhad was talking uh, about the possibility of maybe doing like a crowd zoom and having some of you guys even listen in live as we pod um we're, we're, we're planning on doing a lot of really cool stuff so if you listen through all the way to the end it's probably because you you tend to listen often and you do enjoy us so we'll we'll be thinking of more creative ways of getting you guys involved so uh do stay tuned for that and uh and yeah anything else you guys want to add before we uh before we uh say curtains on this episode and on uh the season for for the next little bit unless uh, until the next big piece of news <laughs> inevitably Looks comes like out Pirlo might have a chance at Sassuolo that's the latest news so hopefully that works out for him I'm yeah, happy I mean, wherever for him. he goes wherever he I'm goes I hope him. it works out yeah. I'm happy for him yeah, yeah not in a patronizing way but I'm, I'm happy for him that he that it didn't that it wasn't you know all that it wasn't all uh it's oh, not shit. like a you know a Frank Lampard situation where like people are like ooh I don't want to touch get him. out of here exactly exactly, <laughs> exactly. yeah we were like all right man you you tried your best but now you know we gotta we gotta go a different route but we we truly wish you the best this isn't a uh, stay in touch it's like not we'll, a it's uh yeah it's a we'll arrivederci that's what it is there you go yeah. Giovanni do you have any other uh, last last second. 90s movies recommendations for listeners to watch over the weekend, weekend viewing, or uh, do do we what do we want to do we want to just point uh, people in the direction the 90s of that? Were bad for movies, so and the only ones I remember right off the top of my my head are like really terrible ones, like Joe's apartment. With, like, it's like an MTV's one, with, like animated cockroaches. What is? What are these movies? I don't even know these ones. Oh, dude, they it's they all like, they all sound like they were. Wacky as straight hell. to straight to VHS, you know, just no, no, no. like no, 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 no. It had a, it was an MTV MTV films. There was like a like a studio, right? They would, would put out films with like yeah, 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 cool, like whatever soundtracks. But outside of that, I don't know. I'm a big fan of like sports movies. So, uh, Varsity Blues, I think, was was a dope '90s movie. Wait, have you watched the Baggio movie yet? I was gonna. Not I was gonna yet. say that's weekend. That's probably better weekend viewing. I was. I was about to say before Giovanni uh, started rattling off some of his, some of his, some of his nineties favorites. I. I, I don't know. Not my, I don't. I mean, you told me. I'm, 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 I'm breaking your. I'm breaking your balls. I'm breaking your balls, Paulie. Um, um, no, I, 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 I think the the Bajo one looks interesting. I don't tend to love bio. Is that is that considered a biopic? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. I don't love. Did you see the Totti biopic that they that they were that they were uh, that they were that they that they were airing on Sky a few weeks ago? No. <laughs> what the guy the guy playing Antonio excuse not Antonio the guy playing Francesco Totti looked like he looked like Alberto Aquilani with a beard. Oh my God, like it didn't even look like Totti. It was ridiculous. It was yeah. absurd. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> I, I watched the Baggio movie and uh, it was it was fine. Um, it was okay. It was, yeah, it was what it was. Biopic, I, but like, but like you said, I'm not a big fan of biopics. I would have rather have seen a, a, a full on documentary. Like a documentary. But I, yeah, but I was gonna say, yeah, the, the Maradona documentary in, in uh, of his time at Napoli, yeah, the HBO one from two years ago was was absolutely terrific. Like, I, I actually thought that the Bajo one was a documentary at first, and I was fired up for it. And I, I was a little thrown for a loop when I saw that. When it was biopic. dramatized, yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, but it it's just good. overly dramatic. It's that, that's it? the thing. Oh, it's a little me. bit. Okay. And and I still think watch it. And at the end, I will say I got a little like just like because they talk about like they show like clips of him from like in the in the credits. I got a little choked up just because of how important Baggio was growing up. Like 
I, 94 World Cup was the first World Cup I remember watching. I was, was born here. in 97, so he he's he means very little to me personally. Oh, yeah. So, like, <laughs> oh, I was, I was but, five years but old. That's why I'm interested, right? That's I was like, five years old at the time, and, like, I remember watching that with my dad. And, like, my dad flew to Detroit, I think, to watch Italy play. Like, like because it was in the U.S. It was the U.S.-hosted cup. Yeah. And then in 98, I was in Gaeta with my family watching that World Cup with them. So, like, and Baggio was playing then. So, just, like, I remember Baggio being this big personality. So, I did get, like, a little, like, emotional being, like, oh, man, Baggio was such a big part. But the movie itself jumps around a little too much. Like, they basically condense this amazing career into, like, this really short, like, movie. It's, like... Hour 34 minutes, I saw. Yeah. yeah it's a little, it's a little it's too a little, short. It's a little tight. It's like a toy good. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll still watch it. I, I have to say, though, again, I, like, although I'm not a big fan of biopics, I thought that in the trailer it looked like not as corny as you might have expected from a biopic. It looked like it was still worth the watch. So I'll I'll still I'll still watch it. it I highly recommend watching it because if you're a cultural fan, you have to watch it. Okay. Okay. There. Definitely 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 will. Done. Done and dusted. And I won't watch I won't watch any of uh, Giovanni's nineties movies. <laughs> no, no, sound, definitely don't watch that, it. That all sound like that all sound but, yeah. but you told me to like go with like obscure ones and i was like oh shit i was gonna say ones are usually shitty ones every single one every single one sounded like it was straight from george costanza's brain (laughs) what did you say say? joe's joe's apart joe's apart no idea what you're talking about joe's apartment joe's apartment sliding doors venetian blinds tuna salad (laughs) (laughs) that's fucked that's the last two were probably kind of weird that definitely sounds like seinfeld so yeah, exactly. whatever. <laughs> anyway, listeners, thanks for tuning in. I uh, had a lot of fun with you guys this season. We're, we're again, looking forward to continuing to do this going forward. You can follow us on all platforms at Turin Giants. On Twitter, we are at Juve Podcast. Follow me, please, at Cultural Podcast. You can check out my podcast where I discuss all things Italian football, and we'll be doing so throughout the Euro. If you got the international, if you got the Azzurri bug like I do, if you got the international football bug like I do, you could please follow Giovanni on Twitter at Joe Turin Giants. And Matt on Twitter at Matt Coco, C-O-C-C-O. Follow us all, please. Stay tuned. And we'll catch you soon. And until then, Forza Mad Max. RIP to all waistcoats out there. And uh, fino alla fine, Forza Juve.